a fisherman in the Philippines discovered a pearl inside a giant clam. It wasn't a small round pearl, but a very large, very large, irregular shaped pearl. Still nice and shiny in the pearl colour, but very large and very irregular, and it's said to be worth $100 million. In Matthew chapter 13, where we've been looking at some parables, Jesus told two parables about treasure. And uh, where it says the parable of the lamp, um, just mentally change that to the parables of the treasure in the field and the pearl. Okay? I don't know whether I've changed my mind or whether there's something lost in translation there. Matthew chapter 13. Have a look at it. Jesus told two parables about treasure. And they're close together. They're right next to each other. And they're very, very short. The first parable is only one verse. And the second is only two verses. So this could be a very short sermon. Let's read the two parables together. Recorded in Matthew chapter 13, verses 44 to 46. Matthew 13, 44 to 46. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. When he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and bought it. You'll notice, no doubt, the lack of detail in these parables. We know the treasure was found in the field, but we don't know what it was. We know that the pearl was found, and we know what was found, but we don't know where it was found. Now, as with Jesus' other parables, we're not to get embroiled in searching for answers to questions that lead us away from what he is trying to say. Questions like, why was the man who found the treasure digging in someone else's field? That's not a relevant question. Was he perhaps renting the field? Did he hear about a treasure hidden somewhere? And that's why he rented the field, and that's why he was digging there. Irrelevant questions. What about the man who discovered the valuable pearl? Why was he searching for the most magnificent and consequently the most expensive ones? Again, not a relevant question. 
And we can see that these are irrelevant questions because they add nothing to what Jesus intended to convey through these two short parables. In fact, chasing down answers to such questions takes us away from the parable's intended meaning, the intended message. So we must ask the question, what is Jesus trying to say in these two parables? Now, it would be nice. It would be nice and it would make it easier for us to understand if Jesus had said, the field is this. The treasure found in the field represents this. And the pearl symbolizes this. And selling everything that you have means this. But while Jesus gives these clues in other parables, the only key to understanding we have is when Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like. There are no other keys, no other clues here other than the kingdom of heaven is like. Now we noted last Sabbath with the parable of the wheat and the weeds that when Jesus says the kingdom of heaven he's not referring to an eternal kingdom that eternal kingdom that God will set up when Jesus returns often called the home of the saved rather he is referring to the kingdom of grace into which we are all welcomed when we accept Jesus as personal saviour in fact understanding any of Jesus parables and particularly these depend on two important things the first is to recognize that Jesus is the Messiah and the second is to recognize that there is indeed a kingdom of grace not a visible kingdom but one in the hearts of those who believe in Jesus and who become sons and daughters of God remember too that this is a parable that was told just to the disciples not to the crowds and most probably Jesus told the disciples these parables to reinforce the decisions that they have already made that they have done well in choosing to be in God's kingdom the Bible tells us that the disciples gave up everything to follow Jesus. They'd left everything to follow him. However, although these parables were spoken to the disciples, there's still an important message for each one of us today. All scripture is inspired and is profitable, says the Apostle James. God has a message here for us as well. But so we don't make the understanding of these twin parables too difficult perhaps we should point out something that they are not saying and then we'll be in a better position to see what they are saying what Jesus wants us to focus on so what they're not saying neither parable is teaching that people get into the kingdom because they purchase a place there. No one can buy their way into the kingdom, even by selling everything that you have. Each of these parables contains something of inestimable value. And it contains a story of people who wish to obtain those things at any cost. Couple this 
with the fact that the parables are focused strongly on the kingdom of God, the current kingdom of grace, and we have here a picture of the gospel of the kingdom and people who value it highly and who are willing, even at great personal cost, to enter the kingdom. Who is there among us who would not like to discover an amazingly valuable treasure? I like to collect coins. When I travel overseas, I usually bring back just a few foreign coins to add to my collection. And my collection is certainly not valuable, not valuable at all. But if I discovered somewhere a small box that contained an English penny minted in 1933, I would probably sell most of what I own to get it. You see, in 1933, only seven pennies were minted. They were minted, they weren't going to mint any coins, that, any pennies that year. They had enough in circulation in the UK. But there was a call to mint some special sets of coins that could be buried, put in the foundations of some churches that were planned to be built and other special government buildings. So they minted seven sets. They did come in handy because later some churches dug them up and sold them and used them, the money to, for repairs. In 1970, someone actually dug under one of the churches and stole the coins. And so the whereabouts of one 1933 penny is unknown. But one penny was recently sold for over 130,000 Australian dollars. Jesus was saying that there is nothing as valuable as a place in his kingdom. He wants our hearts to desire that kingdom, that place, more than anything else. This desire of Jesus is demonstrated in a passage of scripture that has been called one of the hard sayings of Jesus. Turn back just a couple of chapters to Matthew chapter 10 and notice something there, a hard saying. Matthew 10, And verse 37. Matthew 10 and verse 37. Notice what Jesus says there. If you love your father or mother more than you love me, you are not worthy of being mine. Or if you love your son or daughter more than me, you are not worthy of being mine. Now at first glance, that does seem to be a hard statement. But understand that Jesus is not saying that it's wrong to love those closely related to us. It's not wrong to love close family members. He is not saying that when you accept Jesus, you should distance yourselves from family members who don't accept Jesus. Jesus is using strong words to emphasize his desire that we not let anything cause us to miss out on or cause us to withdraw from his kingdom of grace 
and lose the assurance of salvation that the kingdom assures. Listen to this story. True story. Shirzad Odilov was an 18-year-old exchange student from Uzbekistan studying in the United States. He was led to faith in Jesus Christ by a 16-year-old friend from school. When Shirzad telephoned his Muslim parents to tell them about his newfound faith, his father disowned him. It was made clear to him that he was no longer welcome in his home. He was never again to speak to his mother or to his siblings. The father withdrew all of the funds from Shazad's US bank account, cancelled his son's sponsorship and drew up legal papers declaring Shazad as no longer his son. As devastating as that must have been for an 18-year-old living abroad, Shirzad said, I am not sorry that I accepted Christ. I am not sorry for getting baptized. Jesus' point is that we not allow anyone or anything to snatch us out of his kingdom of grace. Perhaps there's something else too in these short parables that tells us something about finding and entering the kingdom, entering this extremely valuable treasure of a kingdom. You know, they tell us that it doesn't matter how we find the valuable kingdom, just as long as we find it. And remember, to find Jesus and to accept him is to find the kingdom and accept our place there. We're not told that the man in the field was looking for treasure, but we are told the one who was looking for, who bought the pearl, who found the pearl, was actually searching for it. Just like the man in the digging in the field, some people may well stumble upon the gospel truth of free salvation in Jesus but they don't stumble into the kingdom. They enter it through a personal response to Jesus' provision and Jesus' invitation. Although they were not focusing in any spiritual sense, they somehow hear Jesus' invitation to free salvation made possible by his death on the cross and they accept it. They're not looking for it, but it's there and they find it. You know, the conversion of Charles Haddon Spurgeon, who would go on to be known as the Prince of Preachers, is a good example of how God breaks through into our consciousness when we least expect it. His father and his grandfather had been ministers, independent ministers. Charles was walking to a place of worship one Sunday morning. He was 16 years old when a snowstorm blew up, prevented him from getting where he was going to go. So he turned down a little side street and walked into a little Methodist chapel. Only a handful of people were there and the preacher hadn't turned up, probably because of the snowstorm.
So a layman took the pulpit and read his text. Look unto me and be ye saved all the ends of the world. During his talk, the preacher singled out Spurgeon sitting under the balcony and pointed to him and said, young man, you look very miserable and you'll always be miserable, miserable in life and miserable in death if you don't obey my text. But if you obey now, this moment, you will be saved. And the rest, as they say, <clears throat> is history. Spurgeon looked and he fell in love with Jesus. You see, we may even find the treasure, even when not intent on looking for it. Others may discover the kingdom because they've been searching diligently for it. God said in the Old Testament to the prophet Jeremiah, you will seek me and find me when? When you search for me with all your heart. Whether you accept Jesus and become a citizen in his kingdom because you were searching for him, or when the Holy Spirit broke into your consciousness, when you were intent on other things, intent on going in another direction, it matters not. These parables are simply teaching two things. That the kingdom is of great value and that God is so desperately wants us to be in it. Now this may seem too obvious a point to make, but the fact that the present kingdom of heaven may seem insignificant because it's invisible, it's spiritual, it is still worth more than everything we own. And the, king, and the question, of course, that comes to each one of us through the Holy Spirit, I'm sure, do I value the kingdom and my place in it more than everything I have? It's a serious question, isn't it? Do I value the kingdom and my place in it more than everything I have? Are you the man digging in the field? Have you discovered a treasure that symbolizes the kingdom of God? Are you the man who was searching for the choice pearls, for the best, for the most expensive? Have you found the kingdom, the treasure, that you went in search of. Remember the kingdom of heaven is now. The kingdom of heaven is among you, Jesus said. The kingdom of God is within you. So whether you've searched for a pearl or searched for a treasure or whether you have accidentally found the treasure as the Holy Spirit has pursued you down the years of your life. May the question 
ever be on our lips and in our minds. Do I in fact value the kingdom and my place in it more than everything that I have? And my prayer this morning is that we would see the kingdom anew through the blood of Jesus Christ. May we accept our place in it and share the good news with others.